Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connect, a weekly podcast from the Sparta UMC Collective. Each week, we'll dive deeper into the spiritual themes that we've been exploring at both campuses and share some updates from the life of our church collective. Hi, my name is Ben, and I'm here with Michelle. We're both pastors at Sparta UMC. We're so excited that you've joined us today. As we get started, I just want you to know there's still a lot happening here at Sparta United Methodist Church on both of our campuses, and we always want to help you get plugged in, whether that is through some physical activity like senior volleyball or into some missional opportunities with Grace Kitchen or a variety of other ways. Don't ever hesitate to reach out to Pastor Ben or myself and let us know where your heart lies that we might connect you with a place to serve. There's always something going on around here, isn't there? There's always something going on. And you know, there's always something going on in life too, isn't there? Which is why we like to start with a centering prayer. It allows us to just push pause on everything going on in life. So whether you are driving in your car while you're listening to this, or you are sweeping the floors in your house or exercising, take a moment just to be still and join us in this prayer. You call us to be your light in the darkness, your voice in the wilderness, your hope for the hopeless. You give us strength in our weakness, peace and gentleness, words and boldness to proclaim more of you and less of us. May that be how God is at work in our lives. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful words. And I'm excited today, Ben, because our topic is Holy Communion, something that we practice often as faithful believers in the church, but may have some questions about or even may have gotten to the place where we do a lot of it by rote Mm -hmm. without really thinking about what it is that we say or why it is we do what we do. Yeah, and it's one of those things, uh, you know, I've thought of over the years. It's very, even though it's something we do by rote and we are used to, it's a very unique thing. It doesn't really happen anywhere else in our lives or in our culture. Um, it's it's both a familiar thing and a kind of alien thing at the same time, isn't it? It really is because um, it's it's reserved, for lack of a better way of saying it, for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and every church has a different understanding of it and practices it very differently. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about communion with you all today, and we're going to start, I'm going to give Michelle just about the most broad question possible here, but uh, I'm curious what you think. Why is communion important? Why communion? Why why make time for it in a a church service? Yeah, great question. Um, Why is communion important? Well, in, in our particular faith tradition, the United Methodist faith tradition, we believe that communion is one of two sacraments, which means that it's not only something that Jesus commanded us to participate in, it's one of two things that we do in the church that Jesus himself also did. And so baptism and communion are sacraments, whereas marriage, the birth of our children, those sorts of things are sacramental, Mm -hmm. but they're not sacraments. And communion is important because it's an opportunity for us to take a moment and and to cross the line between the ordinary life that we live each day and the holy encounter with God, where God meets us right where we are 
through some very ordinary elements that are called bread and juice. Um, sacrament literally means at one with, and that's yeah. that one moment with God. Um, it's a holy encounter with Christ. It's a meal that helps us to remember our faith story, to proclaim Jesus with us today, and to look forward to the day when we'll actually experience the heavenly feast, the heavenly banquet. Yes. And so it's kind of the retelling of our whole faith belief story. In a real tangible way. Absolutely. With very common everyday elements, bread and juice. Now, does it have to be special bread or special juice? You know what? The only specialness to it is that which we decide we like or we want to bring to the table. Um, you know, there's always, and I don't even know if it's true or not, but the joke is in the Methodist church, we use juice and not alcohol because uh, Mr. Welch was a faithful Methodist. Yeah. Um, but really, we use juice instead of wine so that those who may be in recovery with alcoholism also have an opportunity to come to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, another question that often comes up with communion is how often should we practice it? Yeah, what are you going to say about that? Well, you know, it's it's something that, of course, if you're familiar with our rhythms here at Sparta UMC at both campuses, we tend to celebrate communion once a month, typically on the first day of the month. And that's so common um, that I think it could be possible to assume that that's something Jesus said we're supposed to do <laughs> or that it's some kind of tradition passed down. Um, and, and really... Uh, many different churches practice the frequency of communion in a lot of different ways. You can celebrate communion much more often than once a month. Some folks even more than once a week. Yeah. I grew up in the Episcopal church, and whenever we gathered, we had communion. Usually that was weekly. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was not uncommon for us to gather for what they would call a vestry meeting, but what we would maybe refer to as a church board meeting, and we would share communion even to begin that meeting as well. Wow. Do you miss that? There are times that I miss that um, pulling apart from the busyness of the world mm-hmm. to re- be reminded that we're we're called to be the body of Christ mm-hmm. and to in very tangible ways, receive the body of Christ in order that I might then turn and be that for others. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's more in line with uh, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, encourage people to have communion every time they gather, just like you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and talking with other folks that attend church, other pastors, I think it's often more about finding a balance between too much and too little. Um, I've, I've heard... Some get concerned that if we have communion too often, then it becomes something we do without really thinking about it or focusing on it. Whereas if, you know, some churches do once a quarter, even more spread out than that, and then it almost becomes so foreign to you. Um, So finding that balance is important. And when we've kind of settled on first week of the, of the month as, as our balance there. Um, But even, you know, at the Hope Fellowship campus, a few times over the years, we've added an extra one in, um, because sometimes you just really need that deeper connection with God's grace. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the season in which we're in calls us That's to right. remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I have grown up having Holy Communion every Christmas Eve. That's not the tradition of this congregation. 
Um, and for me, it you know, when we're celebrating Jesus coming to earth, it's also a reminder of Jesus preparing to ascend back to heaven all at once, that tangibility of God mm-hmm. among us. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, Ben, because the pandemic has opened up all sorts of questions regarding communion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it used to be you know, that we would have one common cup and everybody would dip it in the same cup. There was a time and a place where we would kneel at the rail, but now we believe we might be too close together. And then we've gone to these individually prepared, prepackaged cups. Is there a right way or a wrong way to receive communion? Well, that's a loaded question, isn't Isn't it, it, though? Um, And, you know, it... Yeah. So one of the things that I think is so beautiful about both sacraments, communion and baptism, is that there is a variety of ways that they can be practiced. So in the same way that baptism can be dunked in a river, dunked in a bathtub, sprinkled, poured, poured, that's the other one, Um, communion can happen in a lot of different ways as well. Now, of course, like just like with baptism, I might have some preferences or some things that I feel... Um, connect me more um, than others. I, personally, I'm not a huge fan of plastic individual serving size cups. I just don't feel like that fits with the story of Jesus and isn't great for our environment. But at the same time, it, it's a practical thing that sometimes we need. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally love intinction, but that's something that's not as feasible as we are going through what feels like a host of different viral scenarios. Right. Um, and let's world. just, in fairness to our listeners, um, what does the word intinction mean? Because yeah, that's a very churchy word. I just I just used a, a whole churchy word there. Um, that's when you dip your bread into the cup. The cup that we all share. That we all share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good to emphasize. Yeah. The dip, everyone dips their bread into the same cup and that can get a little germy. Mm-hmm. Especially and when you're not using wine. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because then we don't have anything there to kill yeah. kill any germs. Yeah. Well, and um, the common denominator with baptism and communion is community. Right. There are sacraments that are to be done in community with others. Because that's also when Jesus participated in each of these. It was in community with others. Baptism initiates us into the community of believers, into the community of saints. Communion constantly reconnects us with God and with one another. Again, the practicality, though, of the pandemic is that we were unable to be in community with one another and... I remember the first time that I had to lead communion and share communion online. It felt really weird. Yeah, I have, and I actually have some strong feelings about that. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But that, that you lose the physicality, right? Of, of and and that's not a small part of communion, in my right. opinion. Um, both the physicality of being in the same room as others and. Um, it's one body, so everyone taking from the same elements um, has, has a lot of power to it. Yeah, and I also recognize that, again, because of the pandemic, or maybe the pandemic made me more aware, because we've mm-hmm. always had those who were unable to physically be a part of the community because right. of illness That's or right. life stage in life. Um, uh, 
But I really wrestle now with how do we create and include those who are a part of the of the greater body of believers, even though they're disconnected physically from where we are. Because now we have this online worship ability mm-hmm. where we're not watching worship, we're participating in worship via a screen. Um I don't know. I mean, I guess I just would have to admit that I still struggle with how can we make communion accessible and still theologically sound when we might be spread out beyond one location. Yeah, and we're real. I mean, we're really in a frontier right now with that. Um, that's that's a question a lot of people are asking. And you know, even though I might have my feelings and my beliefs about that. I think it's also important to acknowledge that anytime we're experiencing growth and expansion and, and going into new situations and scenarios of life, like it, that's often how it feels. It feels uncomfortable and different. And um, I think pioneers of the faith have been adapting and recontextualizing um, the teachings and life of Jesus and how we live this for thousands of years. And that's kind of where we're walking into it now. Yeah. And I think... Um... If I were to say anything, I would, I always want to keep at the front of communion, community. Yep. The fact that it's not our table, it's God's table. Um, And Christ invites us all to the table, no matter what it is that we believe. And that even though we may receive it as ordinary bread and ordinary juice, God can do some pretty amazing and extraordinary things in the midst of the mundane. That's right. Um, And I think that's called grace. Ordinary means of grace. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about, just to kind of wrap this conversation up, things that uh, in our life and ministry as individuals, what's been meaningful about communion to us? And I want to jump in because you mentioned something that is deeply meaningful to me, especially I'm, I'm relatively new to the Methodist Church. Um, I have been a part of the Methodist Church for about 11 years, um, which for many of our listeners is just a blip on the... <laughs> on the continuum yeah. of life, yes. Um, and you know, when I first experienced communion in a Methodist Church, that's what I heard. This isn't the church's table. This isn't the pastor's table. This is Jesus's table. And Jesus's table is open to every single person no matter who you are or what you call yourself. And what a beautiful representation of God's grace that is. Um, And the other thing I'd say about communion that I just adore is that in our modern world, there's very few spaces where we can experience um, the mystical and there's something very mystical about communion, and, and don't hear me say magical, um, but there is an intangible, mysterious thing that we encounter at the communion table where we have an encounter with God's grace, and it can transform us, it can heal and renew us in ways that I don't know that you can prepare yourself for or anticipate um, before you participate in the table. Absolutely. And I think as I reflect on, you know, how is communion meaningful to my life and my ministry, um, personally, I think there is nothing more humbling than receiving communion. Uh, And then as a pastor, 
sharing communion, it reminds me of the incredible love of God that when we are able to get up and come forward and receive communion, we're meeting God where God is. And when we are able to stay in our seats and communion is brought to us, it's the reminder that God doesn't stay where he is and invite us just to come to him, that God actually reaches out and comes mm-hmm. to us. And in that uh, coming forward and in God coming to us, it's a reminder of the depth of love that first we receive and then we're called to go and give. And that's that's communion. Yeah. And just like you said at the beginning, in that way, it's a microcosm of the whole thing. It, it symbolizes every aspect of our connection with God and to each other. Absolutely. And this week is the first Sunday of the month. And so we will be sharing Holy Communion at both of our campuses at Sparta United Methodist Church. And we want you to know that you are welcome, that all are welcome at the table of love. And we look forward to seeing you soon. That's right. So go in grace and peace, and we will see you soon.